All right, so we just covered the Old Testament. So the Old Testament survey. So now we're going to go into the New Testament. All right, so the New Testament is actually divided into five sections. All right, so the first section is the Gospels. So that's Matthew through uh, John. Mm, Excuse me. So we've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then we've got uh, the history, which is the book of Acts. Then we've got the Pauline epistles, which is Romans through uh, uh, Philemon. Philemon. So we got Romans. 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, um, Titus, and Philemon. Then we've got the general epistles, which is Hebrews through Jude. So we got Hebrews, James, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and then Jude. And then finally, we got the book of or the section of prophecy, which is the book of Revelation. All right, so like we learned last uh, week, the New Testament was written in approximately AD, after death, 45, to approximately AD 95. The New Testament was written in Greek, and it gives us um, most of the scriptures that we know today, or most most of the teachings that we know today, right, that kind of built the foundation of the church. All right, so the Gospels give us four different yet conflicting accounts of the birth. I'm sorry, four different yet not conflicting. (laughs) They don't conflict. As a matter of fact, you're going to see how similar they are when we start going through it chronologically. You're going to be like, oh, man, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they they were kind of saying the same thing about the same thing. It's like now um, you here in Cincinnati... um, Chanel is in Detroit. Uh, (laughs) uh, Kayla is in Tennessee. And you all are watching something that's happening in history. And you all have a depiction of it. And you're writing it out. And everybody got the same story. But if you write it in one book, uh, and they write it four books later, and somebody else write it seven books later, you're going to be like, are they saying the same thing? But anyway... I don't even know why I diverged there. But <laughs> all right, so the gospel gives us four different yet not conflicting accounts of the birth, the life, the ministry, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The gospels demonstrate how Jesus was the promised Messiah of the Old Testament. And it lays the foundation for the teaching of the rest of the New Testament. The book of Acts records the deeds of Jesus, uh, of his disciples. And uh, the men Jesus sent out into the world to proclaim the gospel of salvation. 
Acts tells us of the beginning of the church and its rapid growth in the first century AD. The Pauline uh, epistles written by the Apostle Paul are letters to specific churches giving official Christian doctrine and the practice that should be followed uh, by, that, by those doctrines, okay? The general epistles complement the Pauline epistles with additional teaching and application um, of the book of Revelations, prophecies, and events that occur in the end time. All right, so let's jump into the summary of each of these books. All right, so uh, the book of Matthew, all right, the book of Matthew will present the birth, the ministry, passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This gospel is characterized by uh, the high level of Old Testament citations which uh, seek to prove that Jesus fulfills the long-awaited expectations of a Jewish Messiah. To this end, the initial sentence gives us a clue into the contents of the gospel. The genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, or the Christ, the son of Abraham, the son of David, in Matthew 1 and 1. In addition, the book... Um, is interlaced in five large teaching sections in order to present Jesus as a new Messiah. All right, so the Gospel of Luke, Luke, the next Bible, presents the birth, the ministry, passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it closely parallels the Gospel of Matthew and Mark. Luke makes sure to emphasize Jesus' Jewish roots in the initial chapters that take place in the temple in order for, uh, that Luke might present Jesus Christ as the Jewish Messiah for the Gentile world. It's also noteworthy to, to, uh, to know that the features of Luke is the emphasis he places on the poor, the marginalized, women, outcasts, and sinners as the special recipients of God's mercy. Then the historical books, which is the book of Acts. It narrates the beginning of the Christian church and the day of Pentecost. And the expansion of the church through the apostles, Peter in Jerusalem, Philip in Samaria, Paul in the Gentile world, and the last eight chapters deal with Paul's trials before Jewish leaders and Roman magistrates and Paul's voyage to Rome to stand trial before Caesar. All right, so Paul's epistles uh, to the church include the Ro uh, Romans. And so Romans is Paul's most elaborate definition of the gospel written in anticipation of his visit to the Roman church on his way to Spain. Paul summarizes that the Gentiles and the Jews cannot escape the judgment of sin, but that through Jesus Christ and his death, both are now justified by faith. Paul also provides a long response to why Israelites 
did not embrace their Jewish Messiah. 1 Corinthians is the next book. So that's Paul's first correspondence with the church in Corinth. And it deals with the division of multiple problems uh, that this church was. All right, so I'm going to start 1 Corinthians over because every time that alarm goes off, it knocks me off, and then I forget where I was. All right, so 1 Corinthians, um, Paul's, it's Paul's first correspondence with the church of Corinth, and it deals with the divisions and multiple problems that this church was experiencing at the time, okay? So the members of the church were following after uh, particular leaders, and in addition, uh, they were involved in sexual immorality. They were taking their brothers and sisters to court. They were boasting about their wisdom and superior spiritual gifts and conducting themselves in a disorderly manner in uh, the worship services. Where'd they do that at? Mm -hmm. I would say the name of the church, but I ain't gonna say it. Who knows who's gonna listen to this now or in the future. All right. So Paul re responds with various answers, okay? So Jesus and his cross and God's uh, answer to the wisdom of the world. No other leader or philosophy uh, could provide that. Between, I mean, love between brothers and sisters should reign supreme in their relationship. And the church is a body with many members and all gifts are important. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and will be resurrected. Therefore, what you do to your body is important. Now, it's, it's funny because when we, when we read the Bible and when we do the study, I wish I could remember uh, what we said last year when we tried to start our study, how, how we need to break things down uh, when we think about the Bible, right? We have to think about it from a practical view, right? What is, what is God practically saying? What is the context of what they're saying in the Bible from a spiritual view? You know, how does this enhance my spiritual knowledge, my spiritual understanding, you know? And then, you know, from a, um, uh, you know, historical view, you know, we, we have to kind of study that way. But when I think about how annoyed these people probably were making, Paul, I'm grateful for their experiences because it gives us very clear instructions. Like they were going through it. They were living through it. They were learning as they go. But Paul was like, eh, wait a minute. Love is the answer. And now we know this. Like we know it ain't no question. We don't have to live it. We know it because it's in the world. All right, 2 Corinthians. Uh, <clears throat> so in this second correspondence with the Corinthian uh, church, Paul defends the apostles against the false or uh, so-called super apostles who infiltrated the church. Well, we got that today, right? The, the What they call them, um, chief apostle, head apostle, lead apostle, chief prophet, whatever. All right, so Paul's apostleship, unlike the false apostles, is characterized by God's power and not persuasive words. So he was he was the real deal. And uh, 
He wanted them to know it. And he wanted them to know the difference because they were being manipulated and so easily influenced, okay? So by boasting in his weakness so that God and not man can be glorified and by suffering on behalf of the gospel, he showed God's power versus his own power. But those other false prophets, it was all about what they can do, all right? So in a separate section of his letter, Paul asked the Corinthians for a generous offering to help those who are experiencing hardship in Jerusalem, which was contrary to people asking for stuff for themselves. All right. All right. So Galatians, Galatians, the book of Galatians, this is most likely the first book written in the New Testament. Yay. We're going to study this. Um, Shortly after Paul returned from his first missionary journey, which is around 50 AD, he received word that a Jewish Christian group had infiltrated the church in Galatia and was demanding that the Gentile brothers become Jews in order that they might be saved. Don't that get on your nerves when God tell you, I need you to plant a ministry here. I want you to go because they don't know me. They need a foundation laid. I need you to plant the ministry here. Then here come these Jewish Christians slash whatever wannabes coming and trying to infiltrate the church and stop what God told you to do so they can start doing it. And they ain't even doing what God said. All right, Paul wrote his strongest letter condemning the Jewish brothers and reprimanding the uh, Galatian church for so quickly abandoning the faith that Paul had planted in them. He said, oh, foolish Galatians, he calls the church, reminding them once again that no one is justified, made right with God by the works of the law, but rather by faith in Jesus Christ. I am loving the study of Galatians. I'm telling you, it's it's powerful. All right, Ephesians is the next book. And so in his only correspondence with the church, he found it in Ephesus. Uh, Paul elaborates on the so-called mystery of God. This mystery is that before the foundation of the world, God would form the church from among the Jews and Gentiles through Christ's sacrifice on the cross. So Paul reminds the Ephesians that they have inherited many spiritual blessings as a result of being a part of the glorious church body. For this reason, they are to walk in a manner worthy of his holy calling, imitating God in his love. All right. So in the final chapter, Paul reminds the Ephesians that they are in a spiritual battle between good and evil and that they must put on God's full armor in order to have complete victory. Colossians, the next book in the Bible. So in, in his letter to the Colossians, Paul is responding to So my alarm came on again. So now we got to go back. Let's see. Where were we? We were at uh, Colossians, right? So Colossians, uh, this is the letter of Colossians. Paul is responding to the uh, heretical um, teachings that is making its rounds in the church. Okay, so this these teachings have Jewish mystical and eccentric teachings. Tendencies, including a worship with angels, 
a keeping of festivals and a Jewish and Jewish holidays, a secret wisdom and a mortification of the body. Okay. So what Paul's response is to these falsehoods is that Jesus Christ is God's express image. He is the firstborn over creation and the resurrection. He is over all principalities and human wisdom, and he is the head of the church. All right, so Christ also fulfilled the law, and therefore there is no longer a need to keep Jewish feasts and holy days. So he was teaching them in Colossians. I can't wait till we get there because I'm telling you, so many people and with that religious spirit, they get so religious. And then we were talking, was that me and you talking about, you know, those mystical things like those uh, crystals and, mm -hmm. and all of those things that people try to get the candles and all of that stuff, that stuff don't work. But he was, he was admonishing them to turn from all of that stuff because it didn't work. All right. First Thessalonians, this is Paul's first correspondence to the church in Thessalonica. Uh, Thessalonica, that, that, Thessalonica expresses his pastoral concern for the church. He planted in his second missionary journey. So Paul, from what we know, didn't have no kids, but these were like his babies, okay? So Paul expresses profound gratitude for the church's fruitfulness despite the persecution it was enduring at the time. Paul reminds the Thessalonians about his ministry among them and called them to holy living. So in chapters four and five, Paul provides a sustained teaching of Christ's second coming as a way to comfort those uh, whose loved ones had passed away. He ends the letter by reminding the Thessalonians that no one knows when Christ will return. Thus, they must always remain alert. Second Thessalonians, uh, this is the follow-up to Paul's first correspondence to the Thessalonian church. Apparently, the church was still confused about the Lord's second coming. Paul provides additional details regarding the timing of that event. The son of perdition must come first and lead many into deception, okay? And encourages the members of the church not to be idle. So while you're waiting, just work. Make sure you're working while you're waiting. And, and remember that many will be led astray. So you got to look out for them. All right. And then um, first Peter, uh, this is the apostle Peter's first epistle written to the Jews uh, and the Jewish Christian community after um, that were living in Asia. Okay. It's, um, it's a letter of encouragement and exhortation uh, for the Christian and how they live their lives. And because many of them at that time were the oppressed minority within the Roman uh, Empire. So Peter uses various terms to describe the church's suffering throughout the epistle. And he identifies with the suffering of the church, but he tries to encourage them. All right. We got to, what was that? First, first Peter. First Peter. And 
my um my phone is trying to go out. All right. First Peter. That's because I skipped. Hold on. When I when I just skipped, where did I stop before my phone went off? Um, did I Galatians, talk about? Then we did first Thessalonians. Thessalonians. I said Galatians. Did I skip Acts? Yeah. Okay, so Acts is the history of the labor of the apostles and the foundation of the Christian church. Romans, I think we talked Romans, but um, no, you did Acts, uh, Acts okay. before First Corinthians, okay. And then I did Galatians because I know I was excited to talk about Galatians. Did I say Philippians? Um, I don't see Philippians. what Ephesians, what comes after Ephesians? Philippians, yep, then you did do Philippians, all right, Colossians. We'll just, I just have to go back because for whatever reason, I'm I'm confused. No, I think you did. I, I got Ephesians and Colossians, but there's one in between it. Uh, did I did Thessalonians? Uh, yeah, you did Thessalonians. And then Paul, uh, Timothy, where Paul instructs Timothy in his duty as a pastor and encourages him to work. Uh, no, encourages him in the work of the ministry. And then uh, Titus is where um. Paul encourages Titus in the performance of his ministerial duties. Philemon is an appeal to a converted master to receive a converted escaped slave with kindness. Hebrews is when Paul maintains that Christ is the substance of the ceremonial law. Uh, James is a treatise of efficacy of faith united with good works. And I know we talked first and second Peter about the exhortation of the Christian life. St. John, respecting the person of the Lord and the exhortation of the Christian love and conduct. And then it warns of a the second second uh, John warns of a converted lady against false teaching. Third John is the letter of Gaius praising him for his hospitality. And then Jude warns against deceivers. And then Galatians, I mean, I'm sorry, Revelation. It tells of the future of the church. The book of prophecies. So that concludes our overview of the Bible. Yay! It gives us the full summary of each of the books. And so next week, we are going to jump into our study. And we're going to have a good time.
All right, let's see what the, I'll take a look at this. Cause like I said, I just got this book today. You looking for readings for next week? Yeah. Okay, perfect. So we can tell what we got to. Or actually this week, but to study next week. Yeah. Throughout this coming week. You know what would be helpful? What? If I just go to the, um, 33. If I just go to the table of content, mm -hmm. I'm like, uh, where is it going to tell me? Oh, and we need some, um, little post-its. Oh, right. The, um, what you call them? Bookmarks. I'm actually just going to have to read through this, Mary, because the way I just read that, that's not making sense. I think I'm skipping. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. So it does the Bible as the foundation. And so that's why it's going to get into the New Testament. So that makes sense. And then once we get into... um. The eras, that's where we're going to start reading from generation. I mean, generation. Genesis to, to Revelation. Okay. All right. So it looks like... It looks like we're going to be in a New Testament. But I'm just looking through these scriptures. It kind of looks like we're going to be in the book of Matthew and Romans. As we kind of lay the foundation. So... Uh, I, I better read through this <laughs> so I know how to, how to teach it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to read through it. And if I have time before next week, I'll add the, you know, what you need to read. But if not, I'll just tell you once I go through it. Yeah. Cause I, I see what they're doing. They're going to take you through kind of like the, um, the verses, and then we'll we'll go through each of them and talk through them. Um, but I need to read through this. All right, all right. So that was good. That you gonna pray great. us out? Okay. Yes. Thank you, Lord, so much for blessing us with such a great teacher, such a great leader, such a great pastor. Thank you so much for just allowing us to hear your word and to study your word in depth. Thank you so much for just giving us this information and allowing us to receive it and knowing that it is your true word and what we need to live by and stick to. Please continue to open our eyes and let us follow you. Give us discernment so that we know that it is you speaking to us, Lord, and just continue to walk with us on this journey as we continue this Bible study. Thank you for just giving us this excitement and just giving us this energy and just blessing us with this Bible study. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. We'll see you all back on next Thursday evening at 7 p.m. promptly. We'll be here same place, same time. Love you all. Bye-bye.